both and welcome to another episode of SEFC Fan TV Extra Time. Uh, I swear that intro gets better every time it isn't, right? Well, joining us on the show tonight, we've got the one and only Mr. Conrad Lee. How are you doing, Conrad? Not bad, mate. Like you said just before we started, I'm very tired. Uh, toddler's learned he can get out of the bed now whenever he wants, so it's been a constant battle for the last few nights. So uh, very, very tired, like, you, like I said to you. Yeah, I think you need to invest in bigger bottles of Calbos. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. We can have nightcaps and whiskey at this age, can't they? Just to put. Sure, I'm sure it's allowed. And Didn't allowed. Know anybody else back in our day. So. <laughs> also on the show, we've got Mr. Jacob Kirkbride. Jacob, welcome to the show, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Um, like Comrade, pretty tired myself. Um, in from work. Yeah, I've got kids. <laughs> not yet, anyway. <laughs> that you know of. Comrade, <laughs> honestly, nah, not quite ready at that stage, unfortunately yet. But yeah, um, pretty pretty shattered from work. So yeah, but I'm just looking forward to as Jack still keeps talking about what we love most, and that is Sunderland AFC. So if I hear you both snoring, or one, or I hear you snoring, one is a drunk comrade. So what's the first time we've done one of these for a couple of weeks? We've obviously we've had international break, and God knows what was. You know, we've got a bit of a, a poor run of form, haven't we? Lately, it's been a bit of a, a nightmare, but we got back to winning ways on Saturday. So, you know, Connor, what was your thoughts on, on Saturday's game? Uh, it was sort of, weirdly, it was, I don't want to say anyone was under pressure, but it was a much-needed win, even uh, with what happened uh, in the three games prior. It was it was nice to see, even with a refereeing decision, that you could have gone the other way, that we actually still managed to win win a game, really. I think there's been one in every of the four games that we're probably going to talk about has, has sort of gone against us. And it just seemed to be quite right that in this one, we actually went, it doesn't matter. We'll just, we'll get on with it and we'll we'll get back in. So it was nice to see. I'm sure a Norwich up and around there. I know it's all quite tight. I don't quite know where they are. Oh, they're in a small run of form, mate. They wanted to suffer them. I did think that because I thought they, I think it must have been earlier on in the season, they were sort of up with us. But then I saw a, a guy did a vlog from the Norwich end and they were all chanting for him to be sacked in the morning. I was sitting there going, I thought he was doing all right. So that shows how up to date with it I was anyway. They've only won, I think, two games in, in 10 or 11. In other, in the, had some of their, their, um, their podcasts on before the game on Saturday and they were all saying that if we didn't beat them on Saturday, then we've got major issues ourselves. So that's how bad they are. And they were picking a four and five one. Because that's typical. You know what will happen? We'll get beat. Typical of us. It didn't happen that way, though. And we, we, we sort of managed to uh, ride our luck with the deflection, got to get them back into the game, and then just sort of went, all right, well, we're back in the game. Let's carry on. Mm. It's it's not a good thing and it is a good thing at the same time our ability this season to go behind and then draw it back has been quite good in a lot of games really i think with qpr you've got norwich um, i'm trying to think of other wins now did rotherham did we go behind yeah rotherham so, go down yeah yeah and i'm sure there's probably others that I'm, I'm forgetting where we've actually sort of gone behind well preston even though we lost overall they took the lead we nicked it back and then ipswich first game of the season we should have really nicked the draw for how well we mm. played towards the last yeah. stage. It was twelve minutes stoppage time that we got. Yeah. Oh yeah, when that when that was a thing for three weeks, and then they've just suddenly forgotten about it. Like uh, referees and their rules, man. I mean, I know we haven't been on for a while. I, I still need to mention, I think, from my one because uh, I had to listen to our stuff and I had li listened to a lot of the Borough stuff. That referee was absolutely hideous in the Borough game. Um, on both sides, I'm not going to sit here and sort of say it was just against us. Uh, Isaiah Jones got a yellow card for perfectly tackling the Sunderland player through on goal. They could have, probably should have had a penalty early on when 09 just shoved Crooks over for no reason whatsoever. The, um, what was the one? So Daniel gets sent off for, for swearing. I won't say at the ref because it wasn't at the ref. Daniel, potty mouth Neil. Yeah, but then Trey Hugh right next to him. <laughs> is shouting effing and jeffing at the linesman who doesn't get any card for it. Ballard in the 90th minute actually says to the referee, you're effing shit, you. <laughs> he's on a yellow card and doesn't get a second yellow. And I'm sitting there going, just be consistent, mate. And then the Leicester game, the referee in his report at the end said, 
I didn't think it was a penalty because the Sunderland players didn't protest too much. And it's like, yeah, because the last time we protested, you sent one of them off. <laughs> with Ballard, right, you've got dads who sit in the Roker end covering their son's ears because you can hear Ballard literally effing and blind. And it's it was just like, I'm sitting there going, how can you say? Because they didn't protest too much. Oh, it mustn't be true. And then when they, it's like, there's a reason we didn't protest because the last time he asked you for something, you gave him a second yellow card and sent him off. Like, you can't be going, oh, it's all right. And then the handball at Stoke, I think it's a handball, but I can see why when they're saying it's on the shirt line and it's... It, it, it was like something I've watched from, you remember Space Jam, that film in the 90s? Yeah. Michael Jordan. <laughs> it reminds honestly, like, the most blatant handball in the world. I know. And it just, just, it's been like a catalogue of, of errors, really. And then, I mean, I can't sit there and then say, though, what the Borough second goal, um, he skinned whoever it was at left back or left wing. <laughs> And then just no one came to him and all four of the defenders sat in the middle. And yet all of our players were in our own half. They still had two in their half and they were still finding their man. And it was like, how are you doing this? Like, where were you all? Like, it was... Each goal that Boris scored that game, it felt like after each one, we had a, a man less on the pitch. Yeah, so after every single character. It's, it's the first ever time, or in a long time, in memory anyway, I've actually felt like we don't have the same amount of plays. You know, sometimes when you go down to 10 men, they rally a bit and everyone fills in and does it. I remember sitting yeah. there going, where, where the hell are you? Where where the hell are you? Like, who? where's the gap? Because apparently it's fucking everywhere. Like, what's going on here? Sorry, we're allowed to swear. It, it's, like, um, <laughs> it's that game when we were in the Premier League 4-0 down at home to Villa. Set Parsons on the yeah. bug. Yeah. It comes on five minutes into the second half. I remember that I, when the, the whole ground emptied, didn't it, at half time? Unbelievable. But the ref, the referees just there was, must not get a better lot. I mean, the, no. I laughed. I was listening, I was watching the one match at the weekend, one of the Premier League games, and actually the, the Borough ref that was it Gillard? He was he was actually one of the he was actually on VAR in one of the Premier League games at the weekend. I was like, Dear me. So you do shit in your job and they promote you. Mm. It's, it's uh, it. all with the refs. And then you've got, what was it? Uh, I don't know if any of you watched the Man City-United game yesterday. That penalty that was given. Yeah. And he's just he's got his arm round him, which, okay, you shouldn't be doing it. But if you're going to give that, we're going to get about 10 or 12 penalties a game. And four weeks ago, Man United did that against Arsenal, and they didn't get a penalty for it. And it's just like... I was thinking, imagine if VAR was knocking about when Pulis first brought that Stoke team up. The goal would be disallowed, wouldn't it? Imagine, <laughs> the game would like carrying on to like eight, nine o'clock at night. There'd be there'd be some sort. Of, do you remember that time when they went they went banned towels, and they just started stitching them into their shirt? Though there'll be something like where they'll set it up and the pitch will actually be on like a sort of optical illusion or something so that you can still get wins and it'd just be like how like what's going on here it's uh it's getting in beyond the drawer but i don't know how how do you fix it <laughs> isn't really an answer is that you know everyone... i'm glad conrad mentioned that have you not like we're meant to have was it the rule at the beginning of the season balls on on a cone by the side of the pitch it feels like mm. i can't tell the That's difference stopped. to be honest <laughs> Like the, the, only, of light, especially. the cone thing can breed the most beautiful bit of unsportsmanlike cheating I've ever seen. Where I don't know if you've seen the ones where like the goalie rushes out and heads it clear into the stand, <laughs> but their play is really clever and goes and picks it up off his nose. So the goalie just like throws on another ball from the side or something. It's like the most beautiful shithousery you can see. <laughs> if it's against you, you've got to sit there and go, that. That's so good. Like just to be, able, I want more. I want more Chris Maguire isms in the game where you're just there just to wind somebody up in the middle of it. Like, it's just so much more fun. Right. Oh, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's funny but not funny. You know, really. You know, you now got into games just worrying what the rest going to do with if the rest going to screw you over. You know, it's it all seems to be. Well, that's. I mean, I know people are calling for VAR in our league. It's the one thing I like that if it goes in. They look to the side at the linesman, and if he ain't got his flag up, you go, it's a goal. Like, there's no messing about or anything like that. I'm not against VAR. I just, until you get it right, you can't you can't sit there and go, oh, we need it in. It's like, we'll fix it first, then we'll talk about it. 
I just think they use it for too many things. You know, they should only use it for certain things, you know, just, you know, getting it just a fast. It's, like it's, it's the younger generation in the crowd who are like nudging the older people, like, why is that not being given? Why is that not? I'm confused why the scoreline's not added to the board above my head here. Mm. But that was at the start of the season when they went right 13 minutes of added time and this, that, and they were stopping the plate. And then couple of uh, pundits or pros were like, it's ridiculous, this 15, 20 minutes added onto a game. It's stupid. Next week, three minutes added on again. And you were like, well, the ball's been in play the exact same amount of time yeah. in this game. What are we doing here? At Leicester, the, like, it was the end of the Leicester game. It was like five. And I'm pretty mm. sure there was like, Dan Neal was down with cramp for at least two and a half. About seven. Yeah. Yeah, there was another injury as well to a Leicester, but I mean, it might have been... Ian Atcher, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, something like only five went up. I'm like, did they time this properly or what? I don't get it. They've just gone back to the old, the old ways, haven't they? It's just that's mm. they've done it for a couple of weeks. Our oh, bollocks, it's not, it's not working. Um, the way hours has been. Is that how they've done it in the World Cup, though, wasn't it? Mm. I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. I actually felt like, all right, well, uh, you can't say they didn't add on the time that was that was wasted. Do you know what I mean? And it even when. And I know people think it was all to do with Newcastle because of their anti-football sometimes, but but it's not really. Lots any club who's protecting a one-goal lead does it. But at least you felt like at the end, you know, at the end of a game when someone's been absolutely League One for us, every game you were sitting there going, "All right, God, let's just add on the time." Like they're taking the Mickey with time wasting. They'd go two minutes, and you'd be like, yeah. "Like what's going on here?" It should have been like another half. Yeah. Play, but... I remember there was. It was that game in the Premier League earlier, and I think it was Tottenham Sheffield United, where Sheffield United, was it Heckingbottom was proper kicking off about it. Mm, I do not. Yeah, there, I think that in the manager's defence, they say when a goalkeeper takes his time because they judge how the opposition opposition shape up for like a set piece being taken, where their key men who are strong in the air are placed on the pitch, so the keeper has to change his mind again of where he's going to kick the ball. That's his excuse, but then. At the same time, it shouldn't take that long, if you know what I mean. It's just after all of it. But uh, anyway, that's a lot. That's a lot on referees so far. <laughs> but I mean, getting back just before we finish on that, now Norwich. On I think Norwich with time waste. That's about fifteen minutes on Saturday. You know, it just shows you how times have changed. When this time last year, I think they had just been relegated and from the Premier League, and they were one of the teams that we were thinking, "Oh, this is going to be a tough game." And you know, another season down the line, and. The, the, I think they're about 50, I think. So, yeah. they, they, they had they um, got... Josh Sargent missing, but at the same time, they looked pretty. Other than a few sniffs they had in the first half, they looked pretty poor, to be honest. Yeah, they, they looked a shadow of what they used to be for, for a sort of upper tier championship team and a lower relegation fodder Premier League team. But it was. Um, yeah, you're right. Was, they played us last year and they won one nil, and they sort of we, we battered. Cardiff. Yeah, completely. they did a Cardiff, didn't they? They just turned up, held, held, and then itched a, a chance at the end. And then, but I can't say we did any different when we went to Carrow Road last year and, and with no strikers and Bar scored one from outside the box, and we just mm. we played our football without really having a lot of clear cut chances. So it's it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Um, what was your thoughts on Bushing at the weekend? I thought he did quite well. Like he looked, he looked, at least he looked like a centre forward for a change. Well, no, I think the first forty-five, it looked like it. We, we he started the game playing up top, but then he sort of drifted to the right-hand side, like making the runs down the channels when we were on the counter attack. So we're still, even though it's said on the formation um, on various outlets that he was starting up front, we sort of used him more as like a false nine as we have been doing whoever's up there the past couple of months yeah yeah it's what we seem to do burstow and Rusin. it sort of helps keep some consistency i think for the the midfield if they know where no matter who it is they're going to play like that which is i think why they have an issue when amir comes on because he plays completely different we have to change to our game yeah yeah because he's not that type of player you could I I want him here to be a, a someone that like in a total football scenario of like Johan Cruyff we play through him to get through to to the other ones but he's I don't think he's that I think he's very much a very early onset target man and that's what 
and he's but he's got that laziness of of Kenwin Jones after his injury where he just doesn't want to jump for the balls unless he's like free, if you know what I mean. Like you're gonna win us yeah, yeah, somewhere, but he's just there is. Sweet. What summed him up was that chance against Southampton. Well, I think we were five you know, up at the time, but it was clean through. He just, yeah, he put it straight at the keeper. Didn't he? Well, he, he, um, against QPR the week afterwards, he missed a fairly simple chance end, at yeah. 3 1 at that point as well. He felt a bit sorry for him when Jack Clark won the penalty against Norwich. Because he was literally free, six yard box just screaming past me the ball. And I actually felt a bit like, well, I know this, hopefully this goes in and we wrap it up, but just pass it to him, please. I was wanting Jack Clafford to give him the penalty just, just to try and get him off the mark. I mean, he, he had a chance, was it just after that now where he skied it out with the bar? That's it. So he, mm. like, he's had chances in every game, but. You know. But yeah, in pre season, I know you can't count pre season. They all knew to lift the crosses high up to the back post, and he was winning headers every single game. And yet, I haven't seen him do that once during the season. It's like we almost went, right? That's how he plays. Find him like that against these lesser teams. And we all went, oh great, cool, let's do that. And we did, and even did it against um, Mallorca, top ten La Liga side. And you sort of go, okay, great. So he's he's clearly good at it. Don't cross to him anymore. What's the don't. No, that's not the way we play. Yeah. Like that Stoke game would have suited him more because we mm. don't do enough to like suit our style compared to the opposition we're playing. Sometimes, in order to get a result, we have to match mm. that a little bit. I think we didn't do that enough. That chance, I was going to ask you guys, you know, the one that Ashish missed second half. Mm. If you reverse the roles round, if Hamir was in that position, would that end up in the net? Judging on this season, probably not. Probably not. I think that that the, the Southampton one, like you said, he's he's so one goal. There isn't any pressure to win a five nil. Mm. And I think I think Connor wasn't you that was saying at the time. He had no confidence in in, in him anyway when he's running through. He just knew he was going to miss. And instead of it being like a come on, lad, you're going to do it. We all went, oh please, like you you were more hoping for him rather than than the get like. I mean, imagine if it had been like nil-nil and that had happened. It's yeah. resulted at moments like that where he just couldn't quite score, but you'd always either won the game or the game was already gone. And then he had that one against West Ham where he at half time where he just stood on the ball on the goal line and missed. Just <laughs> I remember everyone. Oh, so I was like, because they blew the whistle and everyone was just like head on hands, like because he's like slowly trotting but, off the pitch. Do you remember um, Josie's debut? People thought, wow, what of this kid's bang in at least. Yeah. Considering we got him, I think it was around about, in and around 8 million, well, I think the deal would come to 8 million eventually. He scored about 24-25 AC Alkmaar previous season. American International, We've I, I was there that day against Fulham when he made his first start. We didn't score, but we were the better team. Absolutely battered them all over. So, somehow got beat one nil. One chance for Fulham. Yeah, it was. I think second half he was brilliant at holding the ball up. I think he missed a chance where I think he, he had his back to goal turned and mm. just put it over the bar. But I thought from that performance, yeah, he's going to be our knight in shining armor up front. He has. <laughs> Well, he had all the characteristics to be a great Premier League striker. Like, I mean, like he's the now. I was that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. I was like, if he look, he seems like he would be exactly what Lukaku is back into strikers. He's rapid as well when you need him to be. He's good in the air. Mm. Yeah, he just did not finish when it mattered, and that was this this the problem. And and maybe that's the Hamir thing that it's just like, but he's young, I suppose. His goal. Josie's goal, he did score. I think it was his only Prem goal was against Chelsea. Chelsea. That's yeah. what we would have bought as the season, but he would have scored goals like that against Chelsea, but with his back to goals, firing it I'm in. Sure. Did he, sc he scored in the League Cup as well, didn't he? I was yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, I think he scored. So I seem to remember another goal in that one. I was like, sure he did. It's a bit like the, the John Stead. It's like the Loch Ness Monster, if you can remember when he scored a goal or something yeah. like that. Who did he, he didn't go? score... Did he score against in the cup run we had that season? We played MK Dons with two down and we won four. He did, yeah. And, 
Yeah, I think he did score. Yes, he went through on goal and scored in that one. And I yeah. think he assisted two or three times in that campaign. I'm sure he assisted Larson's the, the second goal against Southampton away. At home, sorry. Um, yeah. Did he assist against Chelsea, I want to say? No, it was Barini took it down or something for Key, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, oh, in the quarterfinal. Because I don't remember yeah. him involved in the semis at all in both legs. He, yeah. he did play he did play at Old Trafford because I, I was at the game. He he definitely came he, on. He, yeah, he came on in the second that's it. But he sure didn't he play came on. But he'd gone off by the time penalties came round, I think, yeah. because I'm sure it was Altador. One him taking one, that's why <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, mate, none of them should have taken them. That was the lowest scoring penalty six out three out of ten for <laughs> including both teams. It was just what a horrific day. Do you think then there's, there's like a, a curse on our centre forward? Do you think it centre forward? Like a Chelsea curse for the number nine. So we've had, I mean, if you think over the last few years, centre forwards are everywhere they've been have scored goals. Altidor, Will Grieg, Danny Graham, all scored goals before the came here. So is it is it also, is it? I don't believe in superstitious nonsense, to be honest. I think it's just bad luck in the draw. It, it does seem that way because it always seems to be a striker we get is never what they should be or what we think they're going to be. And if you think back to any striker that we have fondly remembered, they sort of came here with almost, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Apart from like Defoe, yeah, it was like, so Charlie White came in and we all went, who the hell's he? I've got Josh Madger. And it took him two years to actually start playing. Ross oh. Pewitt, everyone went, oh, who's he? Just lanky. He's got two in like the first six months. And then he was player of the season, arguably, for two seasons, admittedly injured for half of one of them. But like the goals he scored when he played really helped push us on. Um, I'm going back further in the championship. But like you say, Will Grigg, nothing. Um McNulty, before nothing. we got Grick, he, he had that one season before the Euros in France where he bagged them in for fun, but I don't remember. He had two much. seasons at Wigan, so he did it twice. He did it one year and got he did it MK Dons, and then he went to Wigan, got them promoted, did nothing, went back down with Wigan, did it again, and got them promoted. And that was when we bought him. Um because yeah. they, they every time they went up with him, they tried to move on from him because they knew he wasn't at that level. Because after that, yeah brilliant scoring season at Wigan all I remember from him was just injury after injury he come back go on a good scoring run then go on a dip again didn't he score in the in the in the cup against Man City one year didn't he the yes so yeah MK Dons he scored against Man United and you're right Wigan beat Man City the year after they won the FA Cup against me. Yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> Kyle Walker let the ball roll off of him and That's then realised Will Grigg was behind him. Will Grigg ran on, still slotted one in the far corner from like 25 yards and then just didn't celebrate. Like, that, just scored. That <laughs> game. The best team in the country. That game was on, I don't know if you've watched the Man City documentary. Yeah, Abby and Del stepped it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's even at Walker in the dressing room, and then you've got Delph going off in a huff of him receiving the red card. And then Fabian Delph trying to tell Pep Guardiola how he should play football. And he's <laughs> there going, shut up, mate. Like, shut up. Like, honestly, you shouldn't even be here. <laughs> yeah. He, he was just sitting there going, it's the basics of football. You just got to pass and move. And Pep's looking at him like, yeah, whatever. Do you, like, do you need me? <laughs> like, do you, no. do you know how much they're paying me, mate, to be here? And, and getting back to Altidore, obviously the best bit of transfer business ever was probably us swapping mm. Altidore for, for Defoe. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's it. Defoe's the only one who's come in that has like lived up to that, yeah. as it were. But even his first three months with us, four months, he only scored four. Yeah. Like in that first spell, he got Swansea away on his debut. Obviously, the Newcastle screamer. Um, I'm sure he got Burnley at home, and I can't remember another one. And then the next oh, season, he got 15 with us. Hoye would only play him like right of a front three because yeah, the other two, he played Wickham left, and Fletch would be the main one. Yeah, and he, I don't know if he didn't really like Defoe, but Defoe seemed to sort of he scored for us, and then obviously when Advocat came in, he scored maybe one or two under him, and then when Allardyce came in with his target man route one football that he couldn't do. He still found a way to get to full fifteen goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're under David Moyes, the contract 
agreement that season when you only you're only allowed to really shoot on site if you are Jermaine Defoe, basically. I still I remember that. So obviously, when we stayed up with Sam Allardyce, everyone. This is meant to be a podcast about you know football happening now, and we're just sort of going back into what we're back in time, yeah. yeah. We're just living the the sort of last of the glory days. So when we stayed up, we had like Kone and Kabul, and everyone went. Kone's absolutely unbelievable. Build a team around him. He's fantastic. And Allardyce had agreed to give him a new deal, basically, if we we stay up. So then Allardyce obviously left because of Iceland. Uh, um, if, if you go back Everton to it, that's all. Calling. We Everton came calling. And he said, I'll do my new deal. And David Moyes went, well, you don't need a new deal. You're on a four-year deal. And basically pissed him off. Yeah. And then he put in 50% of the effort for a seat. We got relegated. And he put in 50% of the effort from that one as well. And it's like, we had a... We had an absolutely good thing, guys. Like, well, there's another thing, you, you know, curse of centre forwards, curse of managers, you know, David Moyes no. done everything, you know, successful. And the one time we actually went, yeah, sack him and try somebody else to stay up is the one time they didn't. Like every other time they'll Moyes, jump on a manager. Moyes was more than happy to take that job because he knew he'd get a decent payout yeah. from it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was. And I think. I think Ellis Short had put on too much because apparently he'd been like he tried to get David Moyes the time before, time before, and it's a bit like when we were after O'Neill. We've been after Martin O'Neill since Peter Reid left. It's yeah. just Sunderland have this thing where they get a player in mind or a manager in mind, and it doesn't matter what happens or where they go next, they will always still go back mm-hmm. for them. If you have a look, it's a very little thing. If you watch. Um, Sunderland Till I Die, season one. You know when Martin Bain was going, why am I seeing Ibrahimovic on the bottom of this list here? They have a list of players on the board. I can name sign them all. Was on that. We sign them all within the next four years. And you're sitting there going like, just want to just not update that every now and again. Or the fact that we had two or three of the managers in that time that might not have wanted Ajaria or like Ashley Fletcher. Or like us to you sitting there going. That's a quiz off. question, isn't it? The yeah, players who like, were on that projector oh no, just, in that board. There was Jordan Much, Ainsley Maitland Niles. I'm pretty yeah. sure Saka was on there before he hit his. Ajaria was on it, and we did get him. I think Fletcher uh, might have been on it as well. Was Chris Martin at the time? Because we nearly did get him. Uh, he agent all day, and it didn't go. Through. Yeah, he like something. He promised me McCormack. We were after him for years and years, and then we nearly signed him in League One the other season. Or no, the the Simon, what's he called? We signed Grace. He done well the year before. And we, and we tried to get him, and he was there signing. He'd been filmed for the documentary, and then they all went. Actually, the deal's fallen through. Just don't include this bit. And you sit there, going, like you were after him for four years. Why do you still stick to the same? Recently, he said in an interview, he had to speak in like past tense. He was doing interviews mm. when he'd already got the sack for that documentary. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't have been hired. I remember. I think it was. I I oh, I often refer back to this once every three or four months. It's always nice to remember the moment in that documentary where he lined up all the players and the, Wayne. You know what I'm on about? Where he's got like. Rodwell, Pone, Dilabodji, Kazri, <laughs> basically the money balls at the front. And he's talking on a whiteboard about having a positive mental attitude <laughs> and how that transcends onto the fans and makes them feel better. And you're sitting going like, oh man, we just got to get relegated. Like, what's what's happening here? This is well, why say this was like set up, like, but if apparently it's Grayson only I think Grayson only came in about three or four weeks before the season picked off. But didn't we try and get, was it Derek McGuinness turned it down and he was yeah, on? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then um, then we went after Coleman a bit later on, even though Coleman, I really feel sorry for Coleman. One, because I like him. But if he'd have waited another three or four weeks, he would have had a Premier League job on offer from like, Palace or someone else who was down the line. We should he have really thinking, got I'll get them turned around. Yeah, he he jumped because it was after the Wales in the Euros uh, campaign. He hadn't managed anyone, and it was almost like he went, "I'll go in there, I'll turn it round, get promoted, and I'll look like the absolute savior." And but it was sitting there going, "Oh, you ruined it!" Just because <laughs> you came, you came to a club that no matter who went in. That was going to happen. Like it was our time to just plummet through the divisions. And if we got any points that season, it was because of Coleman, I, like the I, Burton I, game. I like, like when um, I love that Burton game where we 
grind out a two 0 yeah, from Palmer at the end of the yeah at the end of the and I'm sitting there going that's him we've turned a corner here and then McManaman gets sent off in the next game after eight minutes for handballing it you're like yeah and you're like right well done mate we're at ten now oh we've lost three 0 great what a momentum builder there that was fantastic and then we started getting rid of players and just signing shitty loans didn't we sorry we are meant to talk about up-to-date Sunderland and all I'm doing is moaning about form myself we just call this one episode four have a moan (laughs) (laughs) even though we've won a game at the weekend I don't know one thing I did like I don't know if you watch any of the Saturday social on um uh Sky Sports they they put the clips up on YouTube they had a City and a United fan on this week for obvious reasons and they were talking about um Harland and Alvarez, and uh, even the Man City fan went, you know, we could play them both up top, little and large, you know, like the good old days, like Kevin Phillips and now Quinn. And even I went, oh, people remember us, like for, just for something like that. It's just so I'm just like, oh, and then. I don't know if Rory Jennings is often on it. And he goes like, if we talk about the greatest ever Premier League striker, it's got to be Henri or Shearer or Kane. But if we're talking about from a single season, it's Kevin Phillips. And you're sitting there going, yes, Rory, it is. Premier League strikers now, you get the impression like they just want all the limelight to be on them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they don't want a part. It's now just like wingers playing off them in a free up top. It's never like a classic centre forward partnership well very rarely yeah. but I, I bet Harland and Alvarez have like mini spats with each other off the pitch about who's better. I miss actual wingers like David Beckham like someone who just sits in that sort of final third but he can just swing the ball in for anyone else who's charging in on this to, to win ahead like, Summerby Nick Summerby Alan Jobs yeah. wingers actual wingers you know Jeff Andy Wingers Reed. that's not one I'm just saying names Andy Reid, yeah. One of the left foot. Yeah. Those were the days. <laughs> right, half an hour in, and we're not talking about anything. Obviously, we have to. I prefer the older days. <laughs> Before Saturday, you know, there was quite a bit on social media, wasn't there, about Tony Mowbray have been under pressure, potentially, you know, people wanting them out. I mean, Trackless in it. Was he was he really in, in, under any pressure? I don't know. Who would he swap with? Bowie or Freddie Mercury? <laughs> uh, I think so it was because of the fact that there was, I think, a load of sackings in the championship managerial sackings this weekend. Just gone. I know Ainsworth, well, QPR were right in the mile, weren't they? But was it Pearson got sacked by Bristol? Yeah, Pearson and uh, Millwall sat there, manager. Birmingham sat in Houston, Eustace, even though he was doing well. Just to be- but he'll take one of the jobs that's vacant now, I reckon. Yeah, yeah it probably someone like Bristol City, I would have would go for. And um, yeah, and Norwich probably won't be far behind with, um, mm. is it Fark? No, it's Wagner, isn't it? That's at Leeds. Yeah. Uh, the X Factor Geezer. No, although that would be quite humorous. It'd probably be just that good. <laughs> Probably got the same amount of points. Um, I don't. I don't think he was under pressure. I think if he'd have lost to Norwich as well, then you start to go, okay. Like I know we've had some decisions against us, and it's a bit of a tricky run. But is there something more to this? Because even last season, did we ever lose four on the spin? I don't think we did. We might have lost two or three, maybe. But um, it seemed to be last year we sort of doing a similar thing because last year I seem to remember we lost a couple, but then we'd beat like Huddersfield away and we'd be back in it and win another game and then we'd lose another one, maybe draw one and then we'd pick up. A... We always seem to be just able to get something out of a, a random game. Um, and we seem to do that this season as well, but I don't know. It's it, maybe we've just, we're still, I can't think of what I'm trying to say, Wayne. It's like about eight pints already. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's baby is, is baby brain a thing for men, even though they're two years old. Um, yeah, corporate. Um, I don't know. We're still in touching distance of the of the playoffs and everything. It's all still very tight, uh, and we'll have days where we will lose games. But I think it just felt awkward that we played Borough and got screwed, and then didn't help ourselves. Stoke, where you sort of think, hang on, that's not right. Leicester, who are the best team in this league, and we've given them the best game 
they had and only narrowly lost, but I don't know. I'm just talking shit now. No, no, you mean a minute. I just think I, I, I saw some things on social media like during the week, seeing you know at the start of the season when the when the board wanted this new younger manager in, you know, that only kept Tony Moore because of the, the good season that he had last year and couldn't really get rid of him. So you know, at the first opportunity, will they look to replace him with this new younger coach? That that the fact again you were on about that, Jacob. You know, what was that? The, the yeah, he's the, at Nice at the minute, and they're second in League One. The, um, the guy they're on about, though, I'm sure they asked Speakman, KLD, and the lot when they were at that meeting the other week, and they said the amount of speculation that we get and receiving that we can't comment on every single bit that's out there. And to do Chesco Feroli, that's his name. Yeah. And it might feel wrong if they suddenly came out of nowhere just going, we're not doing that for Mowbray. Like it's, yeah. it, it's this, that, and the other. But yet they're keeping quiet on Ross Stewart's contract at the time or Patrick Roberts' deal. And you're a bit like, oh, what's what's going on? I, I mean, again, I know there's. Pierre bit... Romano, 90% of the things he reports are normally accurate. The Italian. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't dispute that we probably did look because I don't think they wanted Mowbray. To do as well as he, they obviously they're not going to turn down success. But I think he was never their long term vision. He was a sort of like, who can we get a steady pair of hands now that Alex Neal's left us in the middle of nowhere, and where do we go next? And it turned out to be everyone likes Tony Mowbray. But it wasn't a did really well. um, deal, was it? It was like a rolling like on exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think did we we did obviously renew, didn't we? Yeah. Well, obviously, he's still here. That's what I mean. <laughs> because of where we finished. Oh, yes. Is that that story that Jack Clark said? Congratulations. And he went, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that bit to me makes sense that they wouldn't even know. But that goes back to the Stuart Donald days. And I know we don't like to mention them, that he was all about us having the power over the players and the manager rather than it being the other, like the Josh Madger situations or where you can just go, oh, oh yeah, I'll sign the deal, I'll sign the deal, gets to January and sods off. Whereas now we can do that to players where it's like they go, well, I'll leave next summer. And we're like, that's what you think, another year, bang. <laughs> and you just sort of protect yourself that little bit more. Well, it's the right thing to do. Just to be a little of football now, and it's, it's, mm. it's like You've that. got to protect yourself all the way through it. And it's a bit like the, the Ross Stewart sale. I know we look at it now and go, thanks for the 10 mil and the three points we will be on the receiving end of something that will come the other way, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. when he scores a hat-trick at St Mary's later on in the season against us. But it's the right thing to do at the right time. He hasn't played for almost half a year, probably more than half a year. It's not an injury that you come back from in the same way and is very common to do again. You were offered 10 mil with eight months left on his deal. It was the right thing to do. And I think that's that's kind of what Speakman and KLD said at the meeting, didn't they? You know, because yeah. of his injury, was the, was the best deal for, for everybody yeah. concerned. So, you know, I know it's a bit different to talk about some other players, but like Salah last season or Aubameyang at Arsenal or players that when they finally get the club to bend to their will and get all this money, then don't perform for a year. And I know Salah's performing now. I'm not sitting there saying that. But last season, when you look at Salah's numbers, after he got that deal, they were shocking. Compared to his normal levels, he was still good, but like they were yeah. not the same. We have a history of when we give players a new contract, their form instantly dips. Yeah, no. But well, mm. I know he had. I think Gooch signed a new deal in League One, and he started playing really, really poor. But I think also, obviously, apologies that he had. Um, I think didn't he just have a kid in that mm. period, and people were. Well, yeah, look, I'm living proof, mate. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have to go about and run about and do 90 minutes. Oh, speaking of, though, every now and again, I was playing seven aside the other day, lads, and you'll love this. I completely air-kicked. Like, and I didn't fall over, but it's quality chance. So I'm in the sort of Salah position. I've made my way up from centre-back because I don't like to go anywhere, really. <laughs> and I'm screaming for the ball. Like, the striker's got it centre It's penalty spot and I'm free and I'm just going give it give it give it he passes it over to me but he doesn't quite put enough on it it's very slow so I have to now adjust and run back so I'm right footed anyway so I'm swinging me left peg at it as I'm stepping towards it shovel the ball like completely air kick almost it's basically Danny Graham with no hair isn't it that's oh yeah but full of it, like. and, and the thing is as well 
when I when I play fast, like if I get a bit bored, I'm a little bit like Rudiger. I start just shouting stuff during the match, like "Hey lads, these are shit," and we're losing six 0 You know, just something, or like taking the piss out of their striker who misses or something like that. So I ran up front, air kicked. It went out for a goal kick, and I just sort of had to like slowly like waddle back to my centre centre back's position uh, with everyone, and it's like. Uh, sorry, lads. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. So I feel for Premier League strikers, you know, because when players like me miss chances, it's it's not easy. It's not an easy job. Not an easy job. No, definitely not. Anyway, before we finish, on to Swansea at the weekend, and so again, not going to be an easy game against them. You know, they're playing some decent football. They beat Blackburn at the weekend. So, uh, do we keep the run going? Do you think? Just looking up last year's one. You go, Jacob. To be honest, I'm confident. I mean, I wasn't the fact and it was mentioned by James Copley today that it was a mistake. They thought yes. Ballard had picked up the fifth yellow, but he can play now. Turned out with Equa, wasn't it? But Ballard is still only one yellow and away. Nine. And oh nine as well. Ban bloody tastic, eh? Uh let's have a look. So we lost three we lost three one to Swansea last year, apparently. Russell, Russell, two one, on a two one at their place, and then we got beat three one. Three one. Oh nine got sent off in the first twenty minutes. Yeah, when that's when we should have had a penalty. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. wiped that blood out, didn't he? And it was like a, he wasn't on a yellow card or anything. It was just he tripped him up in he the same circle, and they went straight red. Yes, it was the Max Power esque sort of red card for a tactical foul there. But I think he, you know, he did clatter him, didn't he, for a specific yeah. reason of I'm going to get a yellow, and that should have been a penalty. And it we, was like, yeah, I remember that. We penalty. never normally play well against Swansea. No, I'm no, trying, trying to think if we ever against. We beat them with. I'm going back in time here. So Sessegnon and Gardner when they scored those two screamers at the stadium are like like one. I just was saying we battered them in terms of possession. Yeah, no, in well. terms of goals though, did you? No. <laughs> I remember Poyet's 4-0 loss. Uh, and then we lost 3-1 to them at the end of the season, but it didn't matter because we'd already stayed up at that yeah. point. Um, we beat them 4-2, but I don't think we played as well, even though we... Defoe's hat-trick, yes. Yeah, yeah. Defoe's hat-trick. Is he the he best player? He's got that season, to be fair. Yeah. So what we're saying is yeah. going to be shit. Is that what, is that what we're saying? Yes, yeah. We record the Liberties trash, mate. Yeah, I don't there's, think there's one there. The last time the we won was the 4 2. Yeah, the 4 2. And that was in 2016. I'm looking here. The last time we beat them in general before that was in 2012 when we won 2 0 at home, Gardner and Sessignon. Mm. The last time before that, were you even alive, Wayne? 1964. No, I wasn't. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, yeah. But. Swansea were very far down the pyramid at that point. Of course, they've they did really. They were the first ones that. Were when we had Mick there. in charge, were they in the third tier then? Wasn't it? I guess so because they weren't in yeah. the championship with us when they played back then. It was um, it jumps from like it's 1983 and then it jumps to 2011. That's the big sort of time between us playing them. So there's uh, that- we were in the Premier League at that point. So it's going to be a if the way. I'm more optimistic because I think in terms of the opposition we play, if they play similar way to what we do, because Swansea have always been the Swansea ways, like possession football, isn't it? That normally brings the best out of our players. So I think it will be a good game. We, we, we normally do well when we play the better teams, like, yeah. like you're saying, don't we, Jacob? Apart from, Unless someone actually sets up to just frustrate us, which we still, after years and years of doing it, has not found a way of dealing with we tend to play quite well. So like Leicester the other day, yeah, they had a few chances and, and Patterson had to make some saves, but we were more than equal to them on the night and, and a threat for them, which I think is what will be on Saturday. It'll just be, can we carry on? I'd give Bellingham a rest. This is the first time we spoke about players and we're 44 minutes in. Um, I think I'd give Bellingham a rest because he looks shattered and he's just the last couple of games haven't been the best from him. And he's 18 years old. Kid deserves a bit of a break. Yeah. We do lack quality in the middle, though, with him not in the, in the side right now. That's hence why on deadline day, I mean, there's rumours knocking about that we we were close to getting a midfielder over the line, another one. 
but mm. it fell through. But so uh, Pritchard will, what do you reckon, sit in that position? You play Neil and Equa in the middle. Yeah, it's, oh. it's probably the the most wise decision, I'd say. Yeah, and then you have Clark Robertson and probably Rusin still. I would say I just because he he ran in the channels, he freed up space for mm. the the attacking midfielders. That's it was a bit like the Geldhart towards the tail end of his loan last season, where you were like, you're not here to score. You're here to cause a problem for the de- their defenders to free up the rest of the space for our team. Because, no offence, mate, you can't score. I don't even think he's playing for Leeds at the minute, isn't he? Is he injured? Or is... Okay, no, again. No. And if you notice amazing... also the fact, was it Pritchard this season? Whenever Pritchard, even his career, I've got a mate who's a Huddersfield fan, whenever he's under threat of not get like not being offered a new deal, he will start playing well. I think because he knows, I thought Percy was out of contract in the summer, hence why we brought Dak in. But I think, didn't we offer? I think he is out, think he is out of contract. He, he, he is. It. I got it wrong. He's out of contract next summer. Next, next summer. Yeah, but he knows now he has to work his sock well, off. To- it, was, it was him, Gooch and Bath that were the three. And they said, we're not renewing any of your deals. So find another club if you want. So Gooch did. Mm-hmm. did and Pritchard the, at the last minute we held on to didn't we it seems like it doesn't, make sense bringing in. it doesn't make sense bringing in Dak and then only giving him one year because Dak on I year. thought Dak was the player to ideally replace Pritchard in that team but we only yeah. gave him one I think the club looked at his injury record Injuries. not giving yeah him that's one. that's probably on Dak it was a case of you don't play that many games we're not doing what we've done of old and gone four year deals to Jack yeah. well when you've not played football in two years like I think they're being very smart, and it probably has an option of we'll extend for another year if if we choose to, not not him. And so far, you're sitting there going one goal. You've not played a yeah. lot, you know. It, it if, staggers me that because Pritchard wasn't involved at all the first three no. game. I think he was coming off came the off bench. the bench. Yeah, that yeah. considering he had one more year left, that another championship team didn't come in. But I think it's because of because apparently at Huddersfield, even when they dropped down and got relegated, you were still on fifty five grand a week. Well, mm. yeah, he is definitely. I still think one of the higher earners at the club. Oh, he Richard. will be, and he will have. We will have paid a lot of like league one even. wages yeah. to get him down for the division. He didn't have to drop down to us. It wasn't like. It was a bit like when that January, I remember we turned up and we were like, we've got Patrick Roberts and Pritchard, or Pritchard might have been earlier on in the summer. And you were just like, like, geez, how have we got these two? These, like, and then you sort of went, Ada McGeady's retiring, he can't do any more. Pritchard's a change, right? Okay. Pritchard's coming to the end of his, not coming to the end of his career, he's like 32, but like, he's coming to the end of his deal with us where we would want to keep him. Dak's your next one, but we don't quite trust Dak yet. So let's see how we go on. But like you said, Jake, we're probably just announcing to the world that next year we need an attacking midfielder. Yeah. Mm, I mean, mid that position, like, next year, because the way how Neil is going right now, he's on track to be going to a Premier League team. 100%. I think yeah. if next, if, even January, if we're not anywhere near the playoffs, I think come January, we could Dan Neil, Jack well, It's so tight in the Championship. We, we're going to be near the playoffs regardless i think you could be down in 15th and you're two wins away from being in and probably it's it's you know it's it's going to be another one of those seasons like last year where on the final day there's like eight teams that yeah. all fit in there annoyingly i know i said earlier on in the season they'll slip it looks like leicester just will not slip and it doesn't matter if they slip two games in a row they're still that far ahead ipswich they seem to be absolutely flying i don't I think, think that will back. last the whole season yeah, I don't think I don't think so. But if it, I still think if they end up in the top six, a bit like what we did last season, it's a problem for whoever they're playing because they they can just beat anybody. A bit like us last season, but we ran out of physical players at the end of last season. That that is what cost yeah. us. We had we had no one left above five and five. You know, but that's one thing I will say about Ipswich. I mean, I know. See, it happened to Luton. They lost Nathan Jones. So Rob Edwards came in. Obviously, it had no effect on them at all, really. I don't think better if anything. Manage. I don't think McKenna will be there in the coming months. I think. I think he'll get a Premier League offer, yeah. or 
he, I was surprised he didn't get the Rangers offer, <laughs> really, they, when they... They still without a manager? No, they did. No, they, brought, them. Oh, yeah. they, brought, they brought somebody in. I don't know who it is. We'll probably be have, having one season and then see you later. The way yeah. it works. So in you know in, if you, in the championship as well now the teams who came down the likes of Leeds and Southampton are also started going on a bit of a run now they're now third and fourth. Southampton will like I've, I've said from the start and I said before Southampton will have peaks and troughs because all they do is attack you at full force. So they'll find somebody else who will batter them five nil. They'll lose a couple of games and then they will eke out two one. Like I think the other day they only scored in the last minute and beat Hull or someone and you're sitting there going it's because you. Every one of your plays is in their half. Like you're gonna get caught out. Look at us. We scored five past you, and it could have been ten. Like it. Mm. That leads will lead sort of. What was it they did the other day? Last minute winner, and then they lost to someone fairly crap. Like, I still, like, even though Leeds, like they've lost a few key players, they've still got a strong foundation to work. And I think if they're gonna go up, it'll purely be down to the manager they've got. He's he's. A promotion winning manager far yeah. even with not yeah. the best he's team. he was the manager i wanted when we got alex neil but it was that sort of he's too good to drop down to our division at that point because he just left norwich so mm. it was one of those that was i honestly thought maybe we'd get him when neil left and if we weren't in the middle of a season we might have tried our arm at him but hey yeah who we might we might have had Ange postacoglu apparently a few years ago you know, Bridges, mm. Michael Bridges tried might have had Ibrahimovic, you know, at certain points as well. <laughs> Michael Bridges tried, tried to get Virgil van Dyke at the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, on that note, <laughs> a, a moan, a walk through history, nothing really about current Sunday. Yeah. What, a, what a thrill for you guys. Waste of 55 minutes. <laughs> 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 no, it's, 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 it's been good crack really good it's good yeah, tune right. in for Thursday if you want actual insight this is just a nice chat yeah, yeah. Well, it's like live we'll be reviewing we'll be reviewing the game just gone past I'm not going to hit the Swansea a bit more in depth as well but uh, until the next one do you want to see it to us I'll let you go last Jacob because you have a good sign off line so thanks for listening everyone sorry I'm half asleep and we didn't actually talk about anything proper at all but we'll see you next week for more of the same what do you Jim? last but not least <laughs> as i always say keep the faith keep the faith we'll see you later